Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast. Another edition. Oh, hello. <laughs> I don't know if that actually started recording, so we're just going to roll with that one. And welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, joined by JD Hall. Um, this part's going to be an addition to a part that you're going to be hearing shortly on the All Star teams that JD and I did. We also talked about Kyrie Irving requesting a trade. JD and I thought, you know, I, you know, it'll be a couple days. No one likes to listen to a podcast on a Sunday. So we, we can just go ahead and put this out on Monday. Our thoughts won't change from Friday night from they won't be irrelevant by the time Sunday afternoon comes along. But they, they, they were irrelevant pretty quickly, J.D., wouldn't you say? <laughs> Man, I did not expect to trade that fast. I don't think either of us did. Um, we're recording this part on February 5th. Um, it is 542 Central Time, the time where Kyrie Irving is going to be traded to. Um, he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. He, along with Markeith Morris, how many Markeith Morris has played for like half the league at this point? It's actually crazy, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, one first rounder in unprotected in 2029 and multiple second round picks are going to Brooklyn. JD, let's start with, I mean, where do you want to start? Let's, I know you probably have thoughts on this trade. Where do you want to start? Because there's so I feel like there's so many angles to talk about with this trade. Um, I want to start with Dallas. I think I think we should start that. I think it's appropriate. Like, um, for one, idiots. I personally believe they're idiots. So Dallas. Before the trade, hey, how many defenders, AB, like guys that they legit call defenders? So would you call Reggie Bullock a defender? I call him somebody that's supposed to defend, but he's not that great at it. Would you call Maxi Kleba, we agree, defender, right? No. <laughs> so we can't even agree on that. So other than Dorian Finney-Smith, they had one guy. Or I, I no, Dorian Finney Smith was their guy. Yeah. <laughs> that that's that's literally the only person that I could think of known to defend for that team. So when you take into account that they don't have that anymore, um who do they got to defend? Nobody, right? right? Can I interest you in a lightly used Josh Green? Jeez, no. <laughs> Can I interest you in a lightly used JaVale McGee? Hey, won't cut it on the guard or a wing. <laughs> He'll play defense, though. <laughs> no, no, AP. I I agree 1000% with what you're saying. It's such a bad idea 
what do you so i'm gonna pull up um my favorite website real quick cleaning the glass what do you think their rate their ranking and defensive rating is like overall dallas yes are they top 20 they're actually in the top 10 top but, 10 all right no sorry that's offense um <laughs> no they're not in the top 20 <laughs> exactly so i'll go 24 they are 23 you were very close hey you know what i got a knack for this stuff they their offensive rating is 116.5 and their defensive rating is 115.6 which means now they play really slow yeah very slow paced team their scores are always like oh you know they're a really good defensive team not really Defensive rating is like it cut. One of the things I like about it is it cuts through the pace, and it like okay, this is how fast. If everyone's playing at the same pace, this is how good your defense actually is. Would you like to know the teams below Dallas in defensive rating? Mm, yeah, ten. <laughs> so you got the Pacers at twenty four. Pacers basically have the same defensive rating as the Mavericks. <laughs> Um, the Hornets are a little bit worse than the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Blazers, two teams that are around where they are in the standings. Yeah, a bunch of teams that don't play defense. And, and then can't name a defender. Okay. Then Houston, Detroit, and San Antonio. Yeah, teams you can't name a defender on. And, um, yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Um, so. Now that at that point just got kind of highlighted. Then you take on a guy, you know, I, I said before, Kyrie could do anything he said his man. But Kyrie is not finna set his man to go out there and be a defensive star. Now you might get 80 to 90 points from Kyrie and Luka Kabat. But that team don't give up 115. Who's going to be their third score? Tim Hardaway Jr. is not consistent. Okay, we can say, oh, well, they both can pass the ball. What shooters do they have outside of Tim Hardaway Jr.? Christian Wood can be a third score, but will Christian Wood get the ball enough? And will Christian Wood be on the team on Thursday? That's another good question because they, they, they start not to like bigs from what I'm noticing. Um, you know, it's it's a situation where I think is is just no good. Like to build, like you know, this is a team that say they they want to win now. They can't win right now with that. They're going to resign Kyrie. We know Luca get paid Matt dollars. Who can we, they get some people to want to come out there? Of course. But who wants to go play with them? It's like, what does do people want to play with Kyrie and Luca? Of course, we want to play with either one of those guys, possibly both. But who really goes to Dallas? Name the last big free agent to go to Dallas. You got me there. I was it. Might have been Vince Carter. 
Was it Monte Ellis? Monte Ellis. Like, Aaron come on. Williams? Like, come on, man. Like, I'm not sold that they're going to win. People believe that uh, this catapults them to the top of the line. Honestly, I don't think so. For one, they got to figure out how to make Kyrie and Luka work. Because unlike Luka and um, Kyrie, Harden and Kyrie actually had a conversation before they played together. Harden came in knowing he was going to be the point guard. We watched Luca play, and he's similar to, we say all the time, he's similar to Houston James Harden. And I don't really see a successful guard being next to Houston James Harden. Jalen Brunson. You know what made Jalen Brunson stand out last year? The playoff games he played without Luca and playing Cookie Mike Conley, <laughs> you know, um, it was that what made him stand out. Now you look at what Kyrie could. Kyrie needs the ball more than um, Jalen Brunson. Can Kyrie play off the ball? Sure. Can Luca play off the ball? We don't know. That's another question. I can't. I can't tell you the last time I saw Luca with a spot up jump shot. You know, he's that ball dominant and will he be a guy that move off the ball? No. We got it's it's a bunch of questions that we need answered. I'm not I, I really personally I don't like it. Um if it's a move to win now or to try to build something to win. I don't see how you make that work in a situation where you got... Okay. I didn't want to go this route, but you know, we got a lot of stuff that comes out about the behind the scenes of Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. Always in the media about something behind the scenes. You bring in the most controversial player in the league today. Do you know how bad this could go? Like, are people aware of that? And then you take into account Carrie Irving is outspoken, right? Mm hmm. Carrie Irving. Is not a point guard like Jason Kidd. What if Jason Kidd got some requirements that Kyrie just don't agree with? He hated playing under Steve Nash. We we can say Tyron Lue got the best out of him, but now our question, was it really coaching that did that for Kyrie? Or was Kyrie out there just doing his own thing? I don't think Kyrie Irving wants a coach. He literally said, you got me, James, and KD. We don't need a coach. Wasn't it like, oh, we're also coach. We're, we're all basically yeah. the coach, too? Yeah, he, he compares himself to a coach. <laughs> do, I do not believe Kyrie Irving respects coaches. So I personally don't like. We didn't hear nothing about 
him and Jock Vaughn. And but look, it's a pattern. If you wasn't a former player, Kyrie don't want you as the coach, right? But he gets That's former, true. but he gets former players removed, or he asked to leave those former players. That's coaches. He's That's... never satisfied. Is there like a a bigger coach killer, or you know, like more disgruntled star? Consistently in the NBA, I don't think there really is. Well, I told you, him and Kevin Durant are the most ungrateful superstars in the league to me. <laughs> like I don't see how everything is always wrong to them. Why is something always wrong to y'all? We got guys who literally has dealt with so much worse. I'm gonna just say it. Kevin Durant, the way you left Russell Westbrook was ten times worse than anything you've been with. I'ma just <laughs> I'ma just say it. Like, come on. Kyrie. With what you left LeBron and K Love with was ten times worse than anything you've dealt with. But you don't hear those two come out and blaming everybody. But who always got something to say and point a finger? Carrie Irving and Kevin Durant. It's always something that just don't keep them happy. And I'm sorry, y'all spoil you. Y'all spoil you by your own greatness. I think that both of them believe because they are that great as players, if they bat their ass, they should get what they want. Just because it's them. I'm sorry. We know a lot of guys who quite frankly, go go down to history better than y'all who didn't get what they want. I mean, Kobe wanted to go to the Bulls in 07 or the Pistons. God, could you imagine Kobe on those Pistons teams? Yeah, I'm glad he did. But Um, I want to say I don't disagree with a lot of what you said and not a lot of what you just said was incredible. I'm grateful I got to witness it. Um, Thank you. But can can I play devil's advocate a little bit? Go ahead. So I think everything you said about the off-court stuff is true. I think a lot of the on-court stuff is the defense stuff in particular. That also is very true. The only thing I could see maybe being excited about if I can convince Luca to take like five shots less a game, so I pulled up their basketball reference page. He's at 22 field goal attempts a game right now. That is. Kyrie was taking what, 20? Yeah. When we last looked. Okay, 42. So if they can both be around like 17, let's just say, I think that's a fair number. I mean, hell, on this team, they're probably both going to end up taking 20 a game. Yeah, I'll say 20 a game. But if you can have it be where like how it was in Cleveland, right? I think Luca dominates the ball and then Kyrie. I think the problem with how Kyrie's career has gone, I think Kyrie fancies himself as a number one player, right? Yeah. He's not a number one player. Never has been, never will be. He's more of a complimentary player. And his best usage is going to be as, okay, I'm going to attack. 
off the secondary side or if my star player doesn't have it okay now sweet i get to make something happen and i think that's exactly what luca needs now i think you brought up an excellent point too does luca know he needs that and that's going to be the ultimate question because if luca doesn't realize that he needs that then this team is probably just going to lose in the first round again and i mean there's a good chance I mean, without Dorian Finney-Smith, right now, it seems like they'd be playing the Clippers. I don't have the standings pulled up in front of me. Let me actually do that real quick. Um, So right now, they'd actually be playing the Kings, which which I'd say would probably be a favorable matchup for them. Um, but for let's the, say that... For the most part, but down low, Sabonis would probably leave with a triple-double. Let's say they face the Clippers, or let's say they face you know, the Grizzlies with Desmond Bain. Let's say they face, you know, I mean, hell, who's guarding Ja? Who's guarding, you know, (laughs) I think against the lesser teams, right? Like against the teams like Minnesota, against the teams like Utah, let's just, I mean, Utah's not making the playoffs, but let's just say for shits and giggles, they play them in the playing game. Right. Right. Against those teams, I think they're fine because those teams won't have an answer for the firepower the Mavs have. But, J.D., I think you'll agree with this. The Mavs, I think, are going to fancy themselves a title contender after this. Oh, they do. And that's why that whole move was made. And you can't be a title contender without us talking seriously about your flaws. And they have serious flaws now. And Reggie Bullock, like Reggie Bullock, if you put Reggie Bullock on the Cavs, he'd be a great fit. Because he wouldn't, like... Yes, you need th- you need defense, but the defense on the back line is so great. I don't you don't need to be prime Kawhi. You could just be, you know, average. Right? And Reggie Bullock I think is a little better than average. The problem is is that this team doesn't have Mobley or Allen, let alone both. And Kleba <laughs> is Kleba was good in those Clippers series. But he really didn't do the best job containing Kawhi. And now he's coming off a big injury. (laughs) I'm concerned to see what he looks like when he comes back. Dwight Powell has been cooked for, what, three years now? Since the ACL surgery. Yeah, pretty much. I... This team... I guess we, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and see if they make any other trades this week. But if they don't, I think this team at best is making the second round and losing in like six games to whoever they play. Yeah, I don't disagree. Are are we ready to talk about Brooklyn before we... Um, yeah, let's please talk about Brooklyn because I actually got something positive to say. So... You know, a lot of people thought that they were going to just have to take Russell Westbrook or in the two Lakers picks. Of course, because they was Uh, a bunch of Lakers coverage. I mean, so obviously getting Dorian Finney-Smith, huge pickup for them. Getting Spencer Dinwiddie, a place where he thrived before. The place where he did Terry's ACL, but I'm I'm intrigued to see how what he looks like freed from the Lucas shackles. Um, 
Because he will be a legit number two next to KD. That's, I think, my main concern. Is he a legit number two, or did that injury actually sap him? I'm Right now, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because of the Luka thing. But I'm also concerned because he was so bad in Washington. Like, he was so bad in Washington last year. Terrible fit. I agree with that. Terrible fit. This year, he hasn't been great. Like, he hasn't been what he was in Brooklyn before the big three got there. And I guess that's kind of, like, my concern. It's been two years, and we still haven't seen the old Spence. I don't know, JD, like, how how do you feel about this whole situation there? I mean, look, actually, let's, let's just real quick. Hmm. No, <laughs> this is a banner moment for me. Just what are your thoughts on the whole situation for Brooklyn? Uh, depending on what, what KD feel. I think, That's true. I think they got back better. I think personally because they got Kevin Durant over there and they didn't bring in any non-shooters that would affect Ben Simmons and Nick Claston. I think they could do better than Dallas. Yeah. I would agree with that. So they could have possibly won the trade as just based off the rest of this season. If Kevin Durant came back and was 80, 85% of himself, you know, they could possibly win that trade because they was doing that good already. And um, I don't think – personally, I don't think that um, it was a bad thing because it's a situation where y'all just didn't want to give up on the season. You brought in two guys that's been in the playoffs, two guys with the experience, and two guys that technically don't need the ball in their hands a lot to go along with allowing guys like Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Claston to just let y'all fill in. Dorian Finney-Smith can actually, you know, like I said, he's not the ideal 3 and D guy, but now y'all got somebody to pair with Royce O'Neal and Ben Simmons and say, we got defenders. We have defenders. And if classic get in foul trouble and they do choose to play small, they can roll out those three with Dinwiddie and KD and still be able to upkeep and scoring because you don't want to leave. You, We know Dorian Finney-Smith not a great shooter, but his percentage is respectable. Royce O'Neal's percentage is respectable. Dinwiddie can score. Being not a scorer, but being is a great screener and a great passer. So you have to respect that of him. And we know who Kevin Durant is. You know, they got a lot of things they could do over there. Meanwhile, in Dallas, it's if we can't outscore you, we can't win. So I actually feel pretty good about it. Not saying they're going to win the East, but I I like it. And plus, you know, if Dinwiddie... Let's just say Dinwiddie crashes and burns, right? You have Seth Curry, who was probably Philly's second best player when yeah. they lost to the Hawks. Yeah, easily. Um, I, I mean, only him and Embiid scored for an entire second half. So pretty much, uh, yeah. 
I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they don't. You're not wrong. Um, this team is going to test how far you can go with like elite role players and no star. If Katie, you know, I pray that Kevin Durant doesn't make this trade request public. If you, if he's unhappy, I'd say, please just let us know privately. We'll make something happen right now. Because yeah. if there's a time to strike and get something while the iron is very hot, it is now. Because teams are going to be like, look at how wide open the season is. Every team feels like they can win the championship. And the Nets are probably too... <laughs> the problem with the Nets is they're too good to get Wimp and Yama. But if you could sneak, steal like... I mean, the Rockets will give up picks, but let's just say someone had a Rockets pick. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 hear me out. There's a team down in New Orleans mm-hmm. that has a pick that's very unprotected from the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> that might become calling about Kevin Durant. You see where I'm going with this? That's... I, I will say, too, the Nets did very well to get another really late pick. Um, they did that in the Harden trade, where I think they got a 27 first. Now they have a 29 first. If mm-hmm. both of those situations crash and burn, you have very valuable first round picks now. Um, and who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about the class of 2029, but who knows? Maybe they're going to be elite players. But I think there's a lot of different ways you can play it. Like you could have Katie as a small ball five and you could run out a lineup of Simmons, Simmons, Dinwiddie, or you could throw Curry in that spot. Let's just say Simmons, Curry, O'Neal, DFS, and Katie. And you could just switch everything. Ultra small ball. And I don't think any team in the East can match that. And... I think this gives you more firepower against the Celtics. Like, defensively. Offensively, I'm just still so concerned. Unless they think Cam Thomas is that guy, which you saw what he did in Washington last night. Yeah, I was. Him and Eric Sumner went for 73 points combined. 44 from Cam, 29 from Sumner. And my whole thing was they were getting blew out and they came back and won. Is this a hidden gem that they just refused to uh, work with? It could be. I mean, he gets buckets. Maybe he's that guy. Maybe he's Jordan Poole just hiding in disguise and then he shows up out of nowhere. I don't know. There's if Katie's on, let's let's just ask this question. If Katie's on the team next week, how do you like their chances of coming out the East? Um, I don't know. I gotta see how they work together. I gotta see how Jot Vaughn scheme this thing out for them because I personally believe that um. With, with how they um can run everything and 
the possibilities of the lineups and depending on the way he choose to use these guys to defend and who they defend, I think that they could sneak out because now I think they got guys that can legitly not stop but slow down Tatum and Brown. Because Ben couldn't do it on his own. Because Royce O'Neal was going to get cooked by the other one. But now you can switch up bodies. And because you can switch up bodies, that allows you, you know, you guys to be fresher. And quite frankly, it allows them to actually be bigger while being. Yeah, they can play bigger. Like, then what is what, 6'4? Um. Royce about six six, Finney Smith what six eight six nine. Mm-hmm. We know KD class to seven footers being seven six ten. This could be they roll out star five, and that's kind of a big group, you know. And playing that big, you might actually be able to get more Ben Simmons score. Because they're not going to put a big on him because they know he's not trying to score. They might actually put a guard on him. So, you know, it's a situation where you just got to see uh, what works for them. Do I think they going to make it out the East? No, but is it a chance? Yeah, because I think after making that move, I would if I was them, I'd try to uh, fan tune my bench a little more. If this Absolutely. is what you got to roll with. Absolutely. You still have that Joe Harris contract. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> so I think that's going to be all of our, um, all of our Kyrie trade coverage. Cause you know, the Clippers didn't get him. That sucks. The Suns didn't get him. That sucks. But we, you know, we don't really need to talk about them cause they just didn't get him. So them's the breaks. So the part you're going to listen to next is us totally bashing Kyrie. <laughs> But JD insisted that we keep it in because JD, I mean, let's just be real here, JD. You've been on a tear with this Kyrie stuff lately. And I think think it's safe to say you deserve to keep it in. Thank you. I think so, too. (laughs) So we're going to keep that in. Um, Make sure let us know what you think. At Caleb Lynn 1, tell him why you think the Suns should have been the team to trade for Kyrie Irving at um, Zach Griffith 17. Make sure you tell him why you think the Clippers should have been the team to trade for Kyrie Irving at Bryce underscore Shaddy. Tell him why you think the Lakers should have been the team to trade for Kyrie Irving. Just make sure you check us out and subscribe and enjoy the rest of this episode. And in doing so, make sure um, Zach Griffith get the most replies. (laughs) Make sure of that. Absolutely make sure of that. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, joined once again by my great friend and co-host, J.D. Hall. J.D., in the tradition of throwing a curveball, when you expect a fastball, are you taking the Aces or the Liberty to win next year's WNBA championship? Liberty. You didn't even hesitate. Mm-mm. I think uh, 
I think they got the best play in the game, man. Brianna Stewart. I was going to say, Courtney Vandersloot isn't that good. <laughs> man. Like, I think I think Brianna Stewart, man, she just she's just that one. She the one. Here's a question for you, JD, because I know I think you watch a little more W than I do. Is it would I be wrong in saying that all three of the players that the Liberty brought in this offseason are better than Sabrina? Mm. Mm. I mean, John Quell and John Quell and Stewart definitely are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that one. Question. I was surprised by the junk well pickup. But once they did that, I was like, sheesh, like, they gonna be tough. And then we know what Vandersloot does, and she got a ring to show for that. But Brianna Stewart, she's, man, I, I can't say nothing about Brianna Stewart, but. Nobody else can. Like, yeah, man. Everybody they picked up, literally, you can't say. And they all got got actual veteran and championship ball playing experience. Exactly. Um, they're a loaded squad. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Um, but man, the aces getting Candace Parker, dude. I mean, I was shocked, but seeing the direction that the uh, Sparks going on this day. That's, I, listen, I'm excited for this W season. I, I had a great time watching last year's W playoffs when I could catch it. This summer, this year, I'm going to try to be more invested. Maybe we'll even do a few Power Hour episodes on the W season. I think you and I should talk about that. I think that would be an interesting direction for us to to maybe go in. Try to maybe, well, we can talk about that later, but we're going to talk about our 2023 All-Stars. We're recording this on Friday, February 3rd. So um, there's some news. JD, should we just talk about the news that happened today? <laughs> yeah, and, because it's a couple things I got to get off my chest real quick when it comes to him. So, um... A guy, I think, I think it's safe to say, is going to be on both of our Eastern Conference All Stars. He's on your team, right? I assume. Absolutely. Okay, so Kyrie Irving um, demanded a trade today. He said, "I will either take a trade or I'm going to sign somewhere else in free agency this summer." It's funny because I did the monologue on the um, Hornets and the Rui trade today, JD, and literally, like, I think I recorded it an hour before this came out, and I was talking about hypothetically the Lakers going after Kyrie in the summer. And he's, I think there's a hundred percent chance Kyrie's gone by the time next Thursday rolls around. I mean, didn't it seem like he was going to say what, what's going on in Brooklyn? I thought he would, but I'm not surprised because it's Kyrie. Like, I, I just can't be surprised. Anything, anything that can 
go wrong and be seen bigger than what it is. I see it in Kyrie. Kyrie want commitment, a long term commitment, you know. But Kyrie, sorry to say, and you know I love Kyrie, but you're not a trustworthy person to a lot of these people, man. They don't trust you. So why would they put so much into into you? You always hurt, mainly around the playoffs. You always got something controversial going on in the world. It, it kind of makes teams say, man, love his talent. Despise him. That's how people feel. And, you know, I'm obviously I'm not one of the people. Who, I'm, you know, I love Kyrie Irving. But Kyrie is one of those people that you just got to take it and say, you know what? He is who he is, whatever. I just feel like him and Kevin Durant is showing that they best friends for a reason. They will complain about every situation that they in as if it's ever a perfect situation. Kyrie Irving had just won a championship with LeBron. They lose to Golden State. Instead of him wanting more help, he say, I, and which I had no problem with him saying, he want to go explore his game, open up and play the point guard role, which I think he did a good job at. But then he got in some stuff over there. Now he's going back and saying, oh, I see what... My thing is, Kyrie, you complained about every situation. Which one was the best one at this point? When you won the ring? If that was the case, why didn't you ask for more help and talk to LeBron about wanting the ball in your hands more? Why didn't you go about it that way? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then you got Kevin Durant, who... And let me go back to Kyrie. It's not the first time he wanted out of Brooklyn. It's not the first time he wanted out. Now let's go to his best friend. They made the decision to go there together after he decides to leave Golden State, where he had just won two of the last three rings, two of the last three final MVPs, two championships. He would have never saw had he not went there. But we know who still would have got to the uh, championship? Go to state. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant needed to go to state. He needed that situation. But Kevin Durant, you also left OKC where you had your boys. You go to Brooklyn. Y'all, you and Kyrie. Decided to go to Brooklyn. Y'all had Harden with y'all. Harden leaves. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you also asked for a trade request. So, for these two best friends who just also love each other, they have no loyalty or no commitment to each other 
or nothing outside of wanting to play basketball. And they be damned if the situation isn't ideal to them because then it's your fault and they got to leave. Now, I, let's be right. Let's be fair. Perry endured some hell before LeBron came back to Cleveland. Kevin Durant dealt with lots of bad fashion. But that's what comes with the game. You will not be in a perfect situation. You just can't. Especially with not the talent. If you had a talent that these two have, let's be real. It's going to always be outside influences. It'll always be outside noise. It will always be more. Because let's be honest. Y'all are superstars. Y'all can't move around like I'm going to name an all-star so I can just be completely fair. Y'all can't move around like Tyrese Halliburton. Who's a killer? Love Tyrese Halliburton. Y'all can't move like him, though. Y'all can't move like Joe Harris. Y'all got to understand, y'all are in the upper echelon of things. And y'all killing y'all legacy, acting the way that y'all act, just because something doesn't go your way. Kyrie. You want long-term commitment or you go walk in the free agents. You did that before to Boston. Why couldn't you do it again? You can't give your best friend opportunity to win the championship one time with you. Let's face it. Y'all never been in the playoffs healthy together besides last year where y'all was missing y'all third star. Y'all actually look much better this year than last year. But mm-hmm. you can't but you can't even fulfill that. What was the point of going to Brooklyn then? What was the point? A and season a season with KD Hurt. Can can I interject real quick? Please, please. To add I think it's just to add to what you're saying. What was the point of firing Steve Nash if they're just gonna request a trade? Exactly. Like wasn't that to please them? Exactly. And now it's all seems to be for moot and everything you're saying is spot on. I, these guys just can't be pleased. Kyrie. I, I don't know if it's cause he just wanted the extension that badly. I don't know if he just wants to play with LeBron again that badly. It's just, it's such a bad look, <laughs> especially after let's face it, JD. After what he said, earlier this year there are some organizations that would have just like traded him probably on the spot after the whole situation after not playing in 2021 what when he went to a birthday party <laughs> remember and he couldn't play because he had the covid restrictions around him yeah. he was going he went to an unmasked birthday party remember yeah, last year the birthday party last year with the vaccine stuff i mean at some point like we thought Kyrie. I was like, man, Kyrie's really turned it around. You know, I'm really proud of him. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I don't understand what's going through his brain. And it's like. At a certain point, dude, you have to have accountability for your own career. Because you're right. If we take it all the way back to Cleveland. Yes, I understand they were dealt a shitty hand with. 
Katie going to Golden State. But you gave the Warriors hell in 2017. 2018, that team with Kyrie, there's a chance they win. <laughs> because we saw James Harden and Chris Paul push that team to the brink. They did. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kyrie and LeBron is a greater duo than James Harden and Chris Paul. Absolutely. And, but he quit on that team and he quit on the Celtics. Remember when he he thought guarding Giannis was a good idea in the second round? And he's like, Hey, you know, we got Al Horford we got Jason Tatum. We got Jalen Brown, but who's the guy to guard Giannis Kyrie Irving. That's who like I listen. I, I think another thing which you were saying, I don't think you actually said it though. Who's going to sign him to like a long-term contract? Why would someone give him four years? Yeah, uh, that's a uh, good question. Who, how can you trust him? He has shown himself, the Nets have catered to him at every single stop. How is he, I think he's not trustworthy. And let's say, okay, let's take another example, right? Kawhi. Kawhi has legitimate, like, excuses as to why he's missed a lot of games. But look at him this year. He's coming back. He's bouncing back. Um, and killer. He's he's had a great January. He had a great January. He's been actually loyal to the Clippers. The Clippers have bent over backwards for Kawhi, and he's, you know, for his part, he's doing what he can, right? Kawhi's just very physically limited. This is not that. Kyrie Kyrie's been the healthiest out of him, James, and KD. I think you would agree with that. Yeah. Like, especially since James hurt his hamstring. Like, out of the three of them, physically, he's been the healthiest. But it's been bullshit why he's missed the games. Not like, oh, ha, ha. like, it's such bullshit you missed the games. It's just been like, oh, silly reasons why you missed the games. He didn't need to miss all those games last year. He didn't. You know, it's like, it's, I guess it's cool that he stood on what he believed in, but it's not like you cost your team a chance at a championship. <laughs> it's they have an actual chance at a championship this year, JD. Like, yeah. and they're going to toss it out the window for this. I don't, <sighs> he defies all logic and explanation. And I honestly don't think we should really even be taking him seriously, but let's just, let's just analyze this basketball wise for a second. Other than the Lakers, Where's the place you think Kyrie would fit basketball wise? Honestly, anywhere just because of how he played. Like he he just one of those guys, like I I just feel like he fits in anywhere. And unfortunately, with how great he is and can do that. The baggage that he comes with is sickening. Like you really, you really just hate you, 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 you hate to see it, man. Like you could go anywhere in the NBA and turn them to a, a contender with the talent that he is. Mm-hmm. 
but will he stay on the court for yeah, it, the, six straight months? The question is, what's next? What's next? Because mm-hmm. you know something got to happen. What's the next controversy that's going to happen? Like, I, I just don't understand it. Um, Just real quick, because it's funny, because a couple hours ago, I was advocating for Terry Rozier to be a Dallas Maverick. And I think Kyrie Irving, needless to say, much better than Terry Rozier. Um, so if you could get Kyrie instead of Terry Rozier, I say go for it. But I don't know if the Mavs have what the the Nets want necessarily. Um, yeah, this whole thing is out of control. Do you have any other Nets thoughts before we move on to the All-Stars? Um, no, I don't. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and do the All-Stars. Um, would you like to start out West or would you like to start in the East? Let's start in the West. Yeah, it's the weaker. I'd say definitely the weaker of the All-Stars. So, okay, before I start, how much did you factor in like injuries this year? Because there's been a lot. And well, a lot of... Uh, a time. It would have been impossible to do it without factoring in injuries. And we, we saw, it's important so, to note, like I said. If I, I didn't factor in injuries, honestly, I would have a completely different list. I'm going to write down our all-stars, and then I'm going to compare them to the actual list of all-stars when we're done. Um, I think it's safe to say we're going to have a couple of guys that um, the coaches did not have and the, the fans did not have starting. Okay. Um, but... Did you have any like specific criteria you were looking for? Is like okay, these are just the twelve best players in the West. Um, that helped obviously. I I went with twelve best players, and I'm like, eh, if the guy's probably gonna miss the game, I'll throw him an injury replacement. But like Devin Booker, I for example, I couldn't do the twelve best because I feel like so many of the best are hurt and have been hurt. Well, yes. I think your favorite player, for example, I didn't have him on the team, even though objective, I think he's the best or second best player in the conference, depending on which way you want to look at it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I had like guys that have played a lot and still miss. So it's, we'll, we'll go through the teams. Um, why don't we just start with your first two guards? Who do you have as your first two guards for the starting spots in the West? I mean, I think I said this all season. Um, it, it changed at one point because, you know, I had somebody else starting. But without further ado, I got Big 12 down in Memphis. Of course. Ja. And Mr. 30 himself, Steph Curry. I, I almost wrote down what you were going to say beforehand, but I was like, I don't want to be too cocky and get ahead of myself here. Um, we talked about Ja a lot on the last episode, mm-hmm. so you don't need to hear us talk about Ja now. Steph did miss a good amount of games, but he's at 37 for the season, averaging 30 points a game. There's so many guys averaging 30 this year. It's actually insane. insane. 36 and 6, um, 43% from three on 11 attempts a game. What percent? Why, why was Steph... What percent you say? Uh, 43. That's insane. 
Why, why Steph over like SGA? Why Steph and Ja over like SGA, Luca? And, oh. Okay, so you know, early on, I had SGA started. I changed because, unfortunately, it didn't calculate to wins, and he ended up getting hurt. When SGA went down, the Thunder looked a complete mess, which is more value to him, but how valuable are you when you're not on the floor? You know, same thing that happens with Kawhi, so I had to take that into account. With Luka, a lot of people might not want to hear this, but I do. Luca, I feel like a lot of nights has empty stats. He doesn't always win when he put up these absurd numbers. You know how they be like, LeBron just went for 45 and they lost. We see Luca do that. I mean, and, the Mavs. And I think outside of Anthony Davis, we can say Dinwiddie. And Christian Wood better than everything else on the Lakers. So why are y'all losing more? Like, losing these games when he going berserk like that. But, don't get me wrong, tremendous talent, fantastic, yeah. Luke is one of them guys you just can't deny, but I think Steph, in the little time, in the time that he had missed, you saw that he still left an, imp- an imprint on that team. Dallas plays completely different with Luka, and I think the ball moves better. I think Dinwiddie becomes better. I think everybody on their team get better. Am I saying Luka don't make his teammates better? No, but do we see them play as good as they can? No. Luka gets triple-doubles, absurd amount of points. But when you do that, they should calculate to a win when you are that dominant on the ball, right? That That's what I think. I think he's doing the Harden thing a little bit better numbers-wise. But Harden's team was first in the West when he was doing that. And when they wasn't first in the West, they was top three. Dallas not a top three seed. If you're going to compare this, to, so I have, I have Lucas starting, which I'm sure you're not surprised by. And I have Steph as my other starter. Um, I see your points. If you're going to compare it to a Harden team, I'd probably compare it to that Harden team. Like with, <laughs> do you remember that last one that Kevin McHale coached? Vaguely. Where it was like Dwight Howard's last year with the Rockets. Okay. Um that whole mess of a team where it was like, I think Trevor Ariza's first year back in Houston. Um, I don't think Eric Gordon or Ryan Anderson were there yet. Like it was just a mess, right? I think Omer Ashik was still playing a lot for them. So, or I think I choose to look at it too, kind of like the 2016-17 Thunder where Luca is dribbling the ball a lot, like where Westbrook was. And I think Dinwiddie might be a little better than the numbers appear, but how much better is he really? You know, I don't think Luca's holding him back that much. I don't think he's holding back Christian Wood at all. Um, 
I think Christian Wood's been really good on offense, but I think he and Kidd don't get along, which is unfortunate reason for a coach for a player to get rid of to be gotten. What what numbers does look like? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he don't play good alone it's, alongside it's, Luke. It's just when Luca isn't dominating the ball, we see more Christian Wood game. I'm not like I'm not hating on Christian Wood. I think if they had a different coach in Dallas, I think Jason Kidd, you know, I've had my issues with him mm-hmm. and they're kind of bubbling up again. <laughs> but what Luke is doing this year is incredible. I don't think, I think he probably is doing a little too much. I don't think he should be having this much, much usage probably. Mm-hmm. But that being said, JD, he is still dominating. Oh, yeah. He, I don't think you could have gone wrong. I'm not mad at you having Ja over Luca. Don't get that twisted. I think you really could have gone in any direction with any of those core spots. You could have started SGA and Luca. You could have started SGA and Ja, SGA and Steph, Steph, Luca. I agree. I I honestly was about to move Luca to a four spot because I I, feel like he deserves to start. I thought about it, but I was like, eh, he's definitely been a guard this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I feel like there's other players I could have moved to forward, but I was like, they, all these guys are guards, you know? Yeah, same sentiment. It's like, I thought about trying to move a guy who's playing in Minnesota to forward, but it's like, he's not, he's not a forward. I actually uh, classified him as a forward. <laughs> interesting. He's still on my team, but... We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Who are your starting? I, I had him as a guard and for to be honest. You could really go either way for that one. Who are your? Oh, so okay, we both definitely have Jokic as a starter, right? There is no, yeah, no doubt about that. I would be surprised if we both didn't have AD as a starter. I did it only because of the injury. But you have him on the team. If it wasn't for the injury, AD would definitely be starting. Okay. I have him as a starter. I thought he was one of the three best players in the conference when he was healthy. I agree. Um, so I'm who are your other... He, he was the best player in the conference. Who are your other two starters then? Man that plays for the purple and gold. Well, the other man. Jason okay. is three. And the last one, I said all season. But he only started because, honestly, so many fours in the West was hurt. I don't think he makes the team if all the fours was healthy. But Lowry marketing. See, okay. I couldn't in good justice, could good faith start Lowry marketing. There was just. I, I had to. Played in more games than Zion, AD, PG. It was like. I just couldn't. He's, no been the, he's been the healthiest, and I mean, his numbers speak for itself. Yeah, you try not doing what they once was, but I can't blame him for that. He he's, he took advantage of all the other fours being hurt, and he made sure he got him a spot. So, question: I had, I had to make him start. Okay, so my other two forwards, I just went ahead and started. I mean, you know, I started AD, and I just I mean. You've probably guessed I didn't care about games played 
as much as you did. Yeah. So you can probably guess who my other starting forward was. Zion. That is correct. Yeah. But since I'm curious about what you were going for, why marketing over Sabonis? Less help. That's that's really it. And I think Sabonis didn't start the year off good. He's been dominating the last two, three months. But we didn't see consistent marketing this entire time, you know? Right. That's you're not wrong there. And I think I saw marketing was like in the top ten in like threes made in dunks or something crazy like that. I I think the stat's a little less extreme than that. But marketing right now is at twenty five points a game, nine rebounds, shooting forty three percent from three, fifty two percent from the field, getting to the line six times a game. I mean, pretty good. Even though I still don't think he's better than Colin Sexton. You won't change my mind on that. Um, I don't know. Like, I had Lowry on my team. Don't get me wrong. But, and I had LeBron on my team too. (laughs) I think for me, for the West, all the best players hadn't played a whole lot of games and I did make these selections a while ago not a while ago like a couple weeks ago I so because I, I just felt somebody would be hurt again so I, I waited patiently until I knew we were about to uh, when we start playing in the episode and that's when I made my selection well the actual starters were I'm going to pull up the list of the all-star teams. Um, I know Steph and Luca both were starting. Steph, Luca, Jokic, Jokic, uh, LeBron, and Zion. And LeBron, yeah. So basically my whole team except slap out AD for LeBron. Um, Yeah, and we got two for that. (laughs) Yeah. You, um, You did not have very good accuracy on the starters but let's see how overall your team stacks up i mean accuracy 60%, wise 60 percent is not too terrible well you you're gonna have pretty much the whole team because the west is uh is pretty it's pretty bleak so who are your first two guards off well your first two guards on the bench are have to be sga and luca absolutely okay and i mean my first two off the bench are sga and ja SGA, yeah. um, dude, he's him. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say about him. He's a monster. He can get to the lane at will. He just does. I mean, we already gushed about him in our first OKC episode, yeah. but that man's a problem. <clears throat> like, I feel like it's really nothing more I can say. Just watch, watch the kid. Outside of, outside of, I just absolutely love his voice and his and his demeanor. It's like he knows he just can do what he wants, so he does it. That is definitely fair enough. Um, so okay. So now, who are did you have AD and Zion on your team? Yep. Okay. So who is your third forward then? Was it Sabonis? Nope. 
Did you have Sabonis on the team at all? It was a hard miss. It was so hard. Wow. So okay, so this is the he, first he one we disagree one of, on. It was one of my notable um, leave offs. I got I got four notable leave offs. Actually, wait, no, I didn't realize I didn't have Lowry on my team. <laughs> I just remembered. I thought I did. So okay, we disagree on Lowry and Sabonis. Who's your last forward then? I think we actually probably agree on this spot. Anthony Edwards. Okay, this isn't where I had him. Well, I didn't have him either because I pushed him off her book. I mean, I realized we can either. That's the thing. I kind of went combo guard for for that spot. Mm-hmm. Because it's either him or Paul George that you want to throw in there. Whoever you consider a forward more most of the time. Yeah, I threw I threw Paul George on there. I thought Paul, like, the Clippers are a top four seed. He's played a good amount of the games. Like, people are hating on the Clippers, and I understand why. But some of the They deal with significant injuries. That's the he's played thing. Th- and he's played 38 games this year. That's more That's than more stuff. stuff. That's almost as many as Giannis. That's three less than Giannis. That's as many as Embiid. I mean... What more do you really it's, want? It's because it's Paul George and he's in the Clippers jersey. People hate both of those things. It's true. But you, I'm guessing you did not have Paul George on your team still. Is that correct? I did. Okay. So right now, I think we each have two spots left in the West. Did we both have Damian Lillard? Yes, we do. Okay, there's no way we couldn't have Damian Lillard. My last spot was went to Devin Booker. Um, I thought, you know how, what I said about him on our son's episode. I thought he was too good to be denied. Who was your last spot? Your last spot had to go to Paul George then, right? It was, I had PG, Damon, and as my last three. All right. So that's a pretty good squad there, JD. We almost had, except for two guys, we almost had the same exact teams. Now, I'll say um, the actual all-star teams, which were announced, the reserves were announced yesterday, had Jaron Jackson Jr. JD, how seriously did you consider Jaron Jackson Jr. for an all-star spot? To be utterly and completely honest, I probably put two seconds into that thought. I don't think he's been the second best player on the team. Um, I think he's the second most important player because of his potential, but he don't show that he's the second best player. I actually had Desmond Bain over him. Like the guys that, like, I when I say I had four legitimate guys before I ever thought of him, I was serious. Well, actually five, but I'm saying four because Book was almost cash cow until I was like, dang, Book been hurt so long. And every time he come back, he goes right back out. Mm-hmm. So I, I removed Devin Booker because the games played. Because honestly, with how good he was, well, I'm going to say great. If we just went based off how great guys been playing, 
I would have had him and Kawhi on there because they both been that good. But I couldn't do that. So I started looking at guys like C.J. McCollum, who was the steady rock for the Pelicans. I looked at De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, Desmond Bank. We saw Jan Jackson Jr. not play a lot of times. And we saw Desmond Bain's steady progression. What we need to see from Jaron Jackson Jr. is not him making more threes so his points go up. It's to see the all-around player that he could truly become. His exactly. Number, his, his points going up because he made more threes. He got a little bit more efficient. We can say before Desmond Bain got hurt, he was averaging 25, making four threes a game, and he was shooting close to 50% from the three. That, yeah. that, like, he was putting up Clay Thompson-like numbers. And honestly, that's the way I took it. Also, if Clay didn't start the season off slow, I would have had him over Jared Jackson Jr. Because when Steph went out, Clay was averaging close to 30. He was that good, you know? So, honestly, uh, I, I really didn't put much thought into Jan Jackson Jr. I thought it was terrible that they chose him over a lot of guys. And don't get me wrong, I think he deserves to be an all-star one day. But he's not even the second-best player on the team right now. It's incredible. Incredible stuff from you. Um, I don't have anything to add to that. So... I'll just say some guys that I snubbed. Um, like I said, Ant and Lowry, probably my two biggest snubs. Um, Colin Sexton's better. I'm not switching off of that than Lowry Markkinen. Um, De'Aaron Fox, I'd say that one hurt, but there's just no room. There are so many better guards in the West. He's De'Aaron having Fox. A good season, so yeah, he, I feel he's having, like he's having a good season. But where's the room? The guards so deep, man. Where's the room? Like, there's just no room to put him on the and, all-star team, and there's nothing wrong with that. And every team got, like, almost two legit guards you could take. Like, I had, I thought about Josh Giddy. Like, Josh Giddy's been picking it up lately. Like, yeah. I don't know how much Thunder you've watched. He's been looking put, good. I didn't, I didn't think much of Josh Giddy, but... I didn't, like, I, consider it for more than a second, but I was like, huh. Yeah, I get what you're saying. He definitely been doing his thing. Like, you just go down the list in the West. Damon Simons, you go down to Minnesota. Russell has been picking it up in the second half of the season. Yeah, ever since they brought his name up in trade rumors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you make a good point there. I mean, the only places it hasn't really been happening is in Texas with the other guard Kevin, in Dallas and then the... Kevin Porter, Julia, and Jalen Green both hurt. Exactly. And they both was having good seasons. So it's it's been wild. Um I think JD, if we're ready though, I think we can move on to the East. Yes, let's please head out east because no lie, I probably cried doing these. This was a lot harder. The snubs I think mattered a lot more in the East. Oh man, I'm honestly uh 
I made a fifteen man roster for these. So I can't lie, cause it's that it's that hard. Like, well, was it fifteen or fourteen? Fourteen. You made a four. You just broke the rules and you just added two extra guys. Eight. Let me see. That's crazy. Oh, I got twelve. You got twelve? Okay. I got I got twelve, but it's still like a bunch of names that I'm just hurt. I had to leave off. So let's let's play the game of who we agree on. We agree, Donovan Mitchell, starter, right? No. Interesting. Okay. Our first disagreement. Jalen Brown. Starter? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we agree at guard, on that. At guard. At guard, yes. Do we agree? Jason Tatum, starter? Yes. Do we agree? Giannis, starter? Yes. Okay. Do we agree? Embiid, starter? Yes. Okay. So this actually, we agree on a lot of it. Um, the question is, who do you have as your fifth starter? Because we basically have the same starting five. We just didn't agree on the guard I thought we were going to agree on. You really don't have Donovan Mitchell as a starting guard. I do not. Why? I personally believe Kyrie Irving is better. He's, I don't, listen, he, Kyrie's been great this year. Don't get me wrong. We, I mean, it feels disingenuous to say that after we just blasted him. I don't think he's been better than Mitchell this year. Maybe not, but spider him in some time. Spider missed some time. Spider has had nights where he missed his mark completely from what he was putting up. And Darius Garland carried that load. And don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody have a bad night, but his only job for primarily is to score. When you have an off night like that, I'm going to dock that against you. Okay. I think I think Kyrie Irving he's the number two on his team, but I'm gonna be honest. Since since um KD been out, he hasn't missed the mark almost scoring. Like Kyrie, his his efficiency, um I don't know, I just think the 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 way that that man plays basketball might be some of the most beautiful ball you ever see. And I think he's been showing that this year, regardless, night in and night out. I think Spider has huge nights, then he go through a drought, come back, huge nights, drought. I think with Kyrie, you getting you're getting a steady Freddy. I think it's important to note that this is the most consistent. Like, I, I know what you, I don't, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, I don't think I agree with you about what you said about Mitchell. I feel like this is the most consistency he's been in his whole career. I agree. I, I feel like he's taken a step up in that regard. I I, I totally agree. I and, think he's been more efficient than Kyrie Irving. Well, more consistent. I don't know. Like I just watching some of these games where Katie misses and Kyrie just is like, okay, we don't need to win this game. Like the rest games they choose for Kyrie. I don't know if he's choosing them. I mean, Mitchell's played more games than Kyrie for what it's worth. 
Mitchell's played 44. Kyrie's played 40. I mean, they're basically averaging, not basically, they're averaging the same amount of points per game. I think if you want to get technical, Kyrie's averaging like a little bit more than Mitchell. Um, 48% from the field versus 47% from the field. Like, I mean, if you round up, it's 49 versus 48. 39% from three for Mitchell versus 38 or 37% from Kyrie. Um, four free throw attempts versus five. I mean, five assists versus five assists. I, I mean, okay. I'll grant this. I can see it. I just feel like Mitchell to me was far and away the best guard in the East through that whole stretch. And I I feel like if there was going to be, I feel like the West is going to dominate all NBA for guards this year. Yeah. And I feel like if there's going to be a guard in the East that cracks an all NBA team, it, I mean, well, Kyrie probably will be in the West by the time we record our next podcast. But if there's going to be a guard in the East that cracks all NBA team, it'll probably be Donovan Mitchell. I, and I feel like the way he's been playing this year, he's elevated his game. It's gotten so much better. And he's I, gotten better. It's just like, I agree with everything you said. But they pretty much doing almost identical, and he's the number one, Kyrie the number two. I think that's, to me, that speaks just as great that Kyrie is, that he's putting up those numbers serving as a number two. On the shot attempts too, I, I guess I should point that out. Um 19.7 for Mitchell, 20.5 for Kyrie. So pretty much identical. Um I mean it's basically a wash, I guess. I I don't hate it. I don't like it really. But I don't I hate you know. it. <laughs> I mean why. I get I get what you said. It it wasn't easy for me to do that, but it was a, it wasn't like super hard. It was just like really just sit down and thinking like if Kyrie was operating as a number one, his numbers would be better. He's putting up the same thing as somebody who is a number one. And I think that just speak on how great that he is. See, he's, I don't think he's I doing agree. Pretty much similar. We've seen Kyrie as the number one before, and the numbers were good. But Kyrie as a number, I think Kyrie operates better as a number two. Like I think Kyrie is like okay, I don't have to handle. Now you could make an argument that Donovan Mitchell's kind of doing what Kyrie did. Kyrie is doing where they're both kind of like okay, they don't have to initiate the offense. They don't have to. Yeah, they just go in and get in the bucket. Yeah. So you can make argument they're both basically off guards and point guards bodies, which is fine. Um, I don't know. I don't think now's the time for this argument. I think at this point, we'd just be like saying variations of the same thing. <laughs> I think we, we could have this argument at a different time, basically. But at the end of the day, I respect your decision. I know you respect mine. And it's crazy how we basically had the same starting front court. Why no KD for you? Um, MB been better. So it was down to MB or KD for you? 
Yeah. Um, Tatum been number one seeded team for most of the year in the East. Um, and I think Giannis and the B just dominated like everything in front of them. I can't, I can't knock that. I mean, what did Giannis have last night? Fifty four and fifteen. Fifty four and eighteen. Like, I don't think he's gonna win another MVP again, which is gonna be a shame. I won't say again, just not no time soon. Cause they gotta finish out their agenda with they gonna make sure Luca get one or two. Embiid has to win this year. He has to. He has to, but they <laughs> knowing them that he won't. They gotta make sure. Look, these two guys the lead gonna make sure get there. And so Embiid's got to get one. I, I think he might, but if he don't this year, then I win. I don't count on it, but for sure, Luca, Tatum, Luca, Tatum, John Morant are all going to win MVPs, and Zion. They're going to make sure these guys get MVPs. I wouldn't be surprised if Ant won once. It wins one too if they have a great season. He'll have to steal it. He he's so charismatic though. Yeah. He, the only thing he'll just have to steal it. Like um Dirk. Yeah. Gotta steal it. I can see it. Man. Embiid. That I can't wait till we do our awards pod. I think we're gonna agree on Embiid. He's just been too undeniable this year. You know, he's like, been my MVP the last two years, so Maybe this will be the year he... Personally, I think Jokic would deserve it this year. (laughs) But... He's not going to get it this year. They're not going to let him three-peat. Nah, they won't. And that'd be insane, by the way. Three-peating? I'm sorry. I don't think anyone should three-peat MVP. If LeBron couldn't three-peat, no one should three-peat. LeBron should have three-peated. And one of those years. Like, I'm sorry. That, that was just ridiculous. But so, okay. The bench. Your first guard off the bench has to be Donovan Mitchell. Nope. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> and my yeah. first guard off the bench is Kyrie. So, okay. who's your second guard off the bench? We might have the same one here. I don't think so. Who's your second guard off the bench? Trey Nope, he's actually didn't make my team. I'm not surprised, but I couldn't leave Trey out. So who do you think my second Almost guard is? 30 and 10 is insane. Um Harder. Nope. He did make my team. He was my last guy though. Who you who you put? I had DeMar DeRozan. Okay. I was going to start him, but I was like, eh, Jalen Brown was too undeniable for yeah. me at, at the end. And the record was so much better. But yeah, I, I, think, I counted DeRozan as a four. See, I, I feel like the forwards were too deep in the East. If DeMar was in the West, he's an easy forward. <laughs> yeah. He starts. He starts. Probably. Probably. But. I think that Trey, for me, 
I wanted to have him on my team. You know, I'm one of the biggest Trey Young fans out there. But the team is underwhelming. I feel like a lot of it is... I don't feel like it's all his fault. A lot of it is coaching. I don't know. (laughs) A lot of it is coaching. A lot of it's the front office. But, I mean, the star player is not blameless. And... No. It's... I ain't gonna lie. Trey, almost 30 and 10 is just insane in the NBA. Yeah. I any other year he makes it for me. But 43% from the field, 32% from three. It's like the only saving grace for Trey this year is how much he's getting to the free throw line and the assists. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's pretty much like I, I for me at least. And I don't I don't know. I wanna be on his side but this year I just feel like the east is so stacked in general again if he's in the west if he's in the west he's probably making it easy Mm. over Mm. book I I think I'd rather have his case over books like over that last spot in the west yeah so um okay now on to the three forwards so you have to have DeMar DeRozan as one of your three forwards. Yes, sir. Do you have... I'm not even going to try to guess. Who do you have for your other two forwards? Obviously, Kevin Durant. Obviously. I do as well. <laughs> and This one was extremely hard. Probably the hardest one, right? Three guys. Two on the same team. Well, I know I can't imagine what team that is. Let me and guess. They're they're in South Beach. Yes, sir. And the other guys in the Great North. Uh, yeah. Or is he in the Mecca of basketball? He's in the Mecca. And yeah. I went with this guy because he the best player on their team. He missed some time, but when the other guy missed time, he led the team in all stats, and I thought that was very impressive. And I took Jimmy. I when you said that, I was like, he has to have Jimmy. I didn't have Jimmy. Um, I, I honestly was very close to having Bam, but because of the time that Jimmy missed. But I went back, and when I made these uh, picks, I went back to specific times where both guys was hurt. And it was times when Jimmy was out where, bam, he did take up more of the scoring and rebounding, and then I would see other times where Tyler Hero would click out with him or – Matt Stru- you know what I'm saying? Like, guys stepped up and helped, which that's their job, right? So he didn't have to lead them in all stats. But when Bam went out, actually, Bam came back better after his injury. I think Bam was underperforming a little bit early on, and Jimmy was doing too much. Jimmy took on, I feel like, up. Uh, uh, heavier load when you start leaning them in all stats because we know Lowry can't do nothing much anymore 
And I was I was very impressed by that. So I was like, I I know he got hurt, but when you lean the team in all the stats, when your second guy go out, I I expect you to get hurt, you know. So the reason I had Bam, um, well I had KD Bam, and then I had Julius Randle. I know you had Randle. I I. I <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I, I, I was I, I'll state my claim for Randall later. Well, I think you should be surprised because I've been on the negative Randall campaign, but I, I've been really impressed with Randall this year. Um, but Bam to me has done everything I've asked of him. He's still the best defensive player in the NBA to me. Effortlessly guards a switch effortlessly block shots at the rim. But he's doing more. He's being more aggressive on offense. Is that not what we've been asking for Bam from for actual years now? Yeah. Like a career high in shots per game by like three attempts. This isn't like, oh, haha, you know, I'm taking like one and a half more shots a game this year. No, he's taking last year. He was at 13. This year, he's almost at 16. That's a pretty good amount of shots for a slow paced team like the Heat. Mm-hmm. On a normal team, that's almost 20. Especially with how much Tyler Hero likes to shoot the ball. Nothing against him, of course. Like that's just, that's just his role. Um, Jimmy, probably like. Don't get me wrong. He deserves to make the All Star team. I don't hate you for him making the All Star team. I just feel like if I'm gonna choose a Heat player, Bam to me has been healthier yeah. and more impressive, and that's why I'm going with Bam. I think that's because he answering the call that we all wanted. Exactly. Yeah, and I think he's just been that guy this year. Um, Jimmy is doing what Jimmy does, having a great season, 2.1 steals a game. But the time he's missed a lot of time. Yeah. I not as much as I thought originally, but still, I'm I'm gonna take the guy who's played 10 more games. <laughs> who's been, again, probably the best defensive player in the league while still averaging as many points a game as Jimmy. Like, that was always the criticism of Bam. Like, he wasn't as good of a scorer as Jimmy. Now they're averaging the same amount of points per game. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what we need for the player. Yeah. It's going to be... I'm really intrigued to see Bam, like, the growth, to see if that continues into the playoffs. And his aggressiveness. I just love how aggressive he's been. And then Randall, for me. And you and I didn't get to talk about the Knicks because I think you were busy that week. Um, he's looking like he's looking better than he did when he made the All NBA team. Like he's looking a lot better. And I think Brunson has a lot to do with that. And I think that Brunson is putting him in spots and positions to succeed, but he's taking advantage of those positions. I agree. And he's just been a really good scorer this year and a really good rebounder, really good defender. I mean, he's just been a really good all-around player. I'm glad he's taken more of an off-ball spot. I think he's just done really good in his role. Why didn't you take Randall, I guess, would be the question. Um, I feel like... I feel like a big part of of it was the defensive side of the ball. I just felt like he might better than either one of those guys. And 
offensively they around the same numbers, you know. Fair enough. Um, we're on our last two spots. Did you have Tyrese Halliburton as one of your two spots? Broke my heart I did it. Cause of, wow. Because of the injury. Okay. So my last two spots, Tyrese Halliburton, James Harden. You did, there's no way in hell you put James Harden on your team. I'm going to take a guess. You didn't have Pascal Siakam. I wanted to. Oh, man, he, he was the hardest person to leave off. Did you have Bam in this spot? I did. Okay. And did you have um, Darius Garland? No. Actually, it was uh, Julius Randle. Okay. So you did have Julius Randle. Yeah. <laughs> so you went bigger for the East and I yeah. went smaller. I, um, The ones I left off, the hardest one was Siakam. It was, it was three. Siakam Har and Tyrese Halliburton was the hardest people to leave off the head. The one I think with James Harden, we could say he's redefining himself, but he has been so good. Like, he's been great playing in that role. And he's shooting efficient. And that's what I've been asking for from him. Um, and I think he, he got to a place where he realized P.J. Tucker not going to be much of help. But he trust he's trusted Melton, Maxi to be able to go get their own buckets. And he's playing well off the ball. And he's actually making Tobias Harris look like a good spot up shooter. And so it was hard. And then Siakam, we're not seeing nobody putting up numbers across the board like that, man. Like Missing my outside game, so it was hard just because his production every night. That's in, it's insane. Um, and Hallenberg, if it wasn't for the injury, I would have honestly had him on there. Um, not over trade, but I probably would have left off. I don't know because his team not winning. It, it, it just would have been tougher. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, my three toughest snubs were Siakam, Jimmy, and Trey. And I, I even wanted to show DeJounte Murray some love, man. Like, DeJounte has been killing this year. This, If there was a year for expanded all-star rosters, this was this it. This was it. I wanted to do 15-man rosters for both teams. Yeah, because you could have had Ant and Sabonis and like we could have had all the I guys we snubbed. For, yes, for out west, I, I really wanted to play Bane, Sabonis, and CJ McCullough. I mean, like we could even talk about like the list of guys I wrote down as snubs, like Gar- like all the Cavs guys. Man, Darius Garland was uh, Darius, Gar- Darius he, he Garland. He was a hard miss too. He was a hard miss. 
I mean, Jared Allen made an all-star team last year. No one talked about him this year. Yeah, due to injury stuff. Chris Porzingis probably could have been... Chris Porzingis probably took himself out of it with the ankle injury. Yeah, hell, um, Bradley Beal was killing early in the season. Injuries killed the Washington guys. You know who... Again, we had this conversation in the West. You know who's a name we haven't brought up? Who cools? No. The guy who actually made the team in real life. LaMelo. Drew Holiday. Drew, yeah. I don't... I, I'm going to be honest. I love Drew Holiday. He should not have made the team. 30 and 10 is much more impressive. 22 and 11 is much more impressive. Um, Honestly, got to say this. I think DeJounte Murray been better than Drew this year. Drew, if Drew was going to make it, he should have made it last year. Yeah, I think, I think, now don't get me wrong, he had a week where when Giannis was out, he like literally dominated, almost get triple-doubles. But we saw DeJounte go on a triple-double stretch this year, just like we just saw him put up 40 the other night. Um, and when, when, um, Trey went down. I think Trey went down for two games. DeJounte went for two uh, 30 pieces. Trey comes back. DeJounte drops zero points. He went up plus three. It was like, I think he, he, he's been that number two that stepped into the number one role when needed. And Drew... I think Drew team better, so it's times where he don't got to. He could he was deferring to Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. You know, who who did John Tego defer to? John Collins. John just starting to make shots again. He was shooting nineteen percent from the three. Come on. No, he doesn't have anyone to defer to. Yeah, so you know, I, I would have put DeJounte uh, in, in his spot outside of the other guys I've made, you know, so. Well, J.D., I had a great time talking Kyrie, picking All-Stars with you. Um, Absolutely, brother. Make sure you check out Facts and Stats. J.D.'s got some stuff cooking up for you. Make sure you check out, um, make sure you check out Lynn Sandy. I think they're going to take this week off, but make sure you check out, check that out anyways. <laughs> Um, Super Bowl this week. Um, make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Zach just put out pretty recently his list of Oscar picks. You're not going to want to miss that. JD, thank you so much for joining me. I want to thank you all so much. I want to thank you all so much for listening.